This is a podcast from Rover. Don't worry, the mission becomes we're going to break him into a diamond mine, film the seal clubbing, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong. And so, but to get in the diamond mine, the, the, around the, the, the land way, there was vehicles that were going past through there. And we, we'd heard talk of um, they had a bunch of sensors around the perimeter of it. And it's a big area too. So we ended up, we had a, we had a, a Zodiac Mill Pro 470, a small military inflatable boat. So we jumped into that got dropped off offshore. It's one of two places in the world where great whites breach. Because this is a marine reserve, 12 nautical mm. miles all around this diamond mine, um, it's it's the biggest seal rookery in all of Africa. And there's these great whites will come up chasing. They, they never get filmed there because it's in the secure area. Ah. So, anyway, so we get dropped off. And we the trouble we have is we don't know where are the stations ashore, where are the patrols or whatever. So we're pretty – Pretty damn nervous, and I nearly had my cameraman back out beforehand. So there's there's me, a New Zealand paratrooper by the name of Jack Waldron, and a cameraman, and then my engineer Larry Ratledge dropping us off in the Zodiac. So, so we, we just should... just rewind quickly because you were talking about the issue of funding. Um, how did you fund this trip? Oh, so so what happened with that? I um, I managed to come up with about I think about a hundred grand. So I had a guy help me out with the funding initially. I spent all that before we actually got there. And then I figured I needed another hundred grand to make it happen. And I had two meetings lined up in the States and I get this random call from someone who says, who says, you know, we're interested in buying the movie rights to your book. And it was like, already the story was already told in Wild Wars. So I basically told them that I wasn't interested because Wild Wars had already covered it. And then the guy's receptionist called me back and she says, look, we're really serious. You know, we, we want to, we want the movie rights. And I was really focused on these other couple of meetings. And I said, look, I'm not interested. And she said, and I said, look, I fly to LA tomorrow. I don't have time for this. She says, we'll pick you up from the airport. Mm, all right. So they picked me up from the airport <laughs> and they picked me up in a limo. They take me to Chateau Marmont, which is this yeah, very famous, place. very famous building where a lot of movie stars that hang out. So they take me there, whining and dining over this breakfast and then the guy his name's Andrew from Australia he, he says you know you know I really want me write your book and I was like well if you give me a hundred now hundred grand now I've got a mission starting next week and we, we can do it otherwise you know you got to go and drop me off I got a meeting this afternoon and he, he was like look I don't write checks but I'll transfer it electronically if that's all right what? And two days later, hundred grand in my bank account. And you had no qualms about spending that straight away on no, another mission? No. One of the things I learned with Earth Race, when I did that original boat project, there was a point where I was all in. And it, and, and it was either you make this happen and you put all your money in or you go – or you you – release all you've put in and say, okay, well, that was money badly spent. Mm. And I, I remember sort of thinking, I should have been all in earlier. And I would have had the boat in the water a year earlier. And so after that, you know, I, I sort of, you know, I'm all in. As soon as I've got the money, you know, I'm drunk and sailing, like, boom, 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 you know, <laughs> spending that money as soon as it gets in the account. So that hundred grand, and I figured that would be enough for us to get things. So, so and amazingly, my other two, two um, meetings, one of them didn't even turn up. And the second one was like, no, nah, I can't help you at all. So, you know. Wow, it's a, it was meant to be. Yeah, and it was, it was a lesson for me about being open-minded to people arriving at the same time, like I'm at the right time. Like I'm not, I'm not religious in any sense, but sometimes I feel like I'm this little puppet. And when that key person needs to turn up in your life and help you on something that's mm. really difficult, you know, somehow or rather they seem to arrive in my life. So I'm, I'm a lot more open now to opportunities that – that come away, which is probably why I'm here now, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. We're bloody loving it. Yeah. So we'll go back to the – you're in the Zodiac. You're lining up the Diamond Mind. Uh, so the I think it was about a 20 nautical mile run. Okay. And we were doing about 15 – so it was maybe an hour and a half. And we, so we got dropped offshore from this place, Atlas Bay. And 
we swam in maybe about a kilometre and a half. Something like that. So it's a fair swim because we didn't want the Zodiac to be heard. So we were using night vision stuff. So we, we were pretty sure there weren't people there, but not 100%. And we climbed in the water. And and I remember I had we had this. This, uh, is, this is the same water where sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, sea yeah, was this, like popcorn yeah. chicken. And so we start swimming. We get caught up in some kelp bed, which I hadn't seen on Google Earth. <laughs> Stuck in this kelp bed, and first time I went, it was like, oh no. And then managed to find our way ashore. And um, so we were just clearing up our gear. So we scanned around with the night vision, made sure there's no one there. Got in amongst some rocks, and we were just we were getting out of our wetsuit. Then we had this, and I look around. What the fuck is that? And I look over, and here's a jackal dragging away my cameraman's pack. (laughs) (laughs) And my cameraman, he goes over there, and we so we use just a little bit of red light to show what was happening. And he goes over to grab it, and the jackal, like this, at it, and my cameraman, like, I'm take it, I'm (laughs) fucking done. He says, "You, you don't pay me enough for the circus. I'm going back. And so I end up, I got on the radio. So at this stage, I still had Larry on standby offshore in case there was patrols on shore. And if they tried chasing us, I knew they wouldn't go in the water. So our plan at this stage, he was still on standby for an hour in case there was a problem. So so I called him up. I said, oh, you know, the cameraman's coming back to the boat. So I put a an infrared um, silum stick on his on his shoulder, strapped it onto his shoulder so that Larry could see him through the NVGs, but such a naked eye couldn't go see him. So I put this on his shoulder. We sit there watching him swim out. But the downside now, we're filming a TV show and our cameraman's left us. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, what, a, what an idiot. Who would want to get back in the water? Yeah. Like, well, you made well, it in. Well, yeah, but... You know, now you're in a diamond mine for the yeah, next. True. And you're gonna, you're probably gonna have to swim back sooner or later. In any case, so it was, it was a matter. And and I think the jackal was the final nail in the coffin for him. Like he was already shit. I mean, we're all shitting our pants, but he was he was like like more than more than me and Jack. And you know, sometimes if you haven't been exposed to to risks and stuff in your life, it's a big ask for you to you know you might be shot here. I think it's unlikely, but there's a possibility of it and mm. you know that has a way of weighing on your mind and I remember on the voyage out I remember looking at his eyes and he, he was sort of face was down like this I remember thinking like his, his heart's not really in this he's still going along and I needed him to, to film the show so what happened after that now Jack and I are just having to film ourselves and so we would sit the camera down and you know we would sit there and the camera work was a bit ordinary to be honest but what happened it became part of the story and and you're willing to accept that on an episode of TV where this, these these two, two turkeys have got to film themselves because their camera backed out backed out on. So anyway, so Jack and I we we started hiking through this through this um through this diamond mine, just being super careful about we weren't covering our footprints when we whenever we're on the tracks. The track was sort of quite sandy, and if you walked over it, you left footprints. So we just made sure we covered all our tracks. Got to where we thought the seal clubbing was happening, and all all I had was Google Earth. So, and then the sun starts to come up. And there's no seals there. Because <laughs> oh, it's a big so, area. How big is how big a space oh, are we talking? Maybe fifteen kilometers long. Um, so and and you you know, there's a couple of things that gotta happen here. One is you've gotta you've gotta be where the seals are, and there's a number of places along the coastline where they are. And the second thing is you've you they've gotta come clubbing where you are on that day. So we needed a few things to line up. So first day was a failure. Second day, so during that day we went hiking and found a couple areas where there was they they build these little rock walls like a sort of corral and what what they would do is they would herd the seals up above that corral and then all the clubbers would line up in a row and then someone would sort of chase groups of about 20 down at a time and it's like bang 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 they would they would hit the 20 and then there's another 20 would come down and they would do that and typically they would club maybe i think 
maybe a couple hundred per time sort of thing. So we found this one so of these. Oh shit! We found one of these corrals, and you know, Jack and I, what the hell's going on here? And you know, they heard them in there. We didn't. No one had filmed it, so we didn't really know. But we're thinking this is something to do with the seal clubbers. Um, and so then the next day, and and so I had Jack would go very high to to sort of like an, an observation point where he could see the vehicles coming in, and then I was down close to where we thought the clubbing would happen. Anyway, the vehicle comes in, and then it goes to a different location, and then an hour later we see the vehicle go out, and we could see this tar pulling over the back of the vehicle that wasn't there at the start. So now we're thinking, so they go in, take some an hour, so then they drive out with the seal clubbing. And so the next day we're like, you know, where do we go? So we went to a, we went to a different place down close to where they've been the day before. They went to you know way further up the coastline that was well out of reach of us to to get to. And so now we're starting to run out of food and water, and it's super dry there. Like you, there's no there's no water supply. <laughs> 